Welcome to another episode of Not So Sugar Coated. I'm Jasmine. And I'm Bert. And we haven't done this in a long time. No, we have not. <laughs> we would really like to do it a lot more often, but life. Yeah. Like Bluey, real life. Yeah. Is, that, is that what he says? Are you for real life? Is yeah. what she says. <laughs> She's like, are you for real life? Yes. If you've never seen Bluey, I really recommend that you watch it if you you're a parent yeah <laughs> it's funny i don't think you'll appreciate it if you're not a parent but yeah that's what i say if you're a parent <laughs> so you know we've ended up getting covid and i got really sick i've been sick lena was sick i had my wisdom teeth out yeah but that was like we recorded way after that we did yeah okay maybe <laughs> it's just i don't know yeah life Anyways, so we are here, and something that I've been wanting to talk about is mental health. Yep. (laughs) It's kind of weird because I feel like with mental health, I feel like the church doesn't really talk about it a lot. Yeah. And also, I'm more of a firm believer of mental health now than like 10 years ago. Even a year ago. Yeah, basically. And I also even feel weird talking about it because there's all these new terms now. And I'm just, I feel like some of it is like, uh, um, I can't think of the word, overly done. No, over the top. Or overrated. Excessive. Yeah, excessive. That's the word, excessive. Like trauma, love bombing, triggers. I don't know what other words are there. I do think there's, there's too much like narcissism i don't know mansplaining (laughs) i hate that one i know you do we got an argument over that (laughs) and like ghost not ghosting i can't think of the word right now but yeah i don't know what you're trying to say there's just a lot of terms that people say now and so it's just not that it's bad or anything like that it's just that i feel like they use it so loosely to the point where it almost like loses its value and i will, use it for too little of a thing yeah like i stubbed my toe and that triggered me yeah like no <laughs> you just stubbed your toe yeah like, yeah but i like using those words when i actually do talk about certain things but i don't want to use it for every single situation but i think it's helpful so it's just i think it's just trying to use the tools in the right way yeah, and I think when you use those words, it annoys me because it's like, it makes me think of the people who use it too much. <laughs> yeah. And then I'm like, you're not like that. Stop talking like that. <laughs> yeah, but there's no other way to explain it. It's just weird. Yeah. So, anyways, I think I just want to talk about what does therapy even look like? Because I think it's different in every situation. So, I guess to me, it's like, first, we decided to do couples therapy. Mm-hmm. What do you think that looked like? I think it looked like at the time for us, it was figuring out that why we were arguing. You, I don't know that you've said it on here or not, but you had said you'd never felt like you won an argument mm-hmm. and it wasn't about that for you. And for me, I felt like I never won an argument mm-hmm. and it felt like I couldn't. And couples therapy helped us see that it was more about us um, working through it together as a team 
and figuring out how to see each other's perspective without invalidating or devaluing the others Mm -hmm. side of things. So, because I feel like that was something we didn't do like ever before that. Yeah. And I feel like even after couples therapy, like I don't think that we fully grasped that until we both started going solo. Yeah. I think, um, not that couples therapy is bad or anything like that. I think it was like a good, like base. Yeah. Um, kind of want to talk about like the practical side of it. So we ended up going to, um, this organization called winning at home and they're great by the way, they have like counselors and I think they even have life life coaches and all this stuff or whatever. But we ended up going to this therapist and, um, the practical side of it is that our insurance paid for it. Oh yeah. So like, that in itself was like a blessing because not everybody can like afford therapy. Therapy is expensive. And so we ended up going and it cost us like maybe 20 bucks or something like that. And so that was really helpful for us because like we, yeah, we're recommending therapy, 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 but like nobody even talks about the financial side. Like how can you even afford that? And um, I think it's important to talk about that too. Well, a lot of insurances have like a, like a phone number you can call too. Like, yeah, it's not very well seen, but it's on like insurance cards. It's like a one eight hundred number or whatever. Yeah, like a wellness hotline yeah. or whatever. And I've never used it, but it is something that's out there. Yeah, it is, and it's just like so hard because like um, like also like for me, what's really important is to do like a Christian based one. Yeah, because I'm not looking. Like at that, because obviously we were not doing well. I didn't want to go a road to like towards divorce because I don't want like a therapist telling me like. Do whatever you feel. Yeah. You know. Embrace your feelings. (laughs) You know. Yeah. And so that was important to me too. So it's just, and we didn't go that long. I think we went to four or five months. I can't remember. Yeah. It was maybe. Maybe six months, seven yeah. months at most. I mean, it was, if if we started in April, we were done by October, November. Yeah, yeah. Because we were done before the snow. Yeah. Or right after it started snowing. Yeah. We were driving there. Yeah, and so that's important. And I feel we could have continued couples therapy, but it was one of those, oh, we're such in a good place. Like, why keep going as well? Yeah. <laughs> Which, in hindsight, we probably should have kept going, but we didn't go to therapy for a long time after that. Yeah, well, and I feel couples therapy would have, was, it did lay a groundwork, like you say, but I think it also, it, I mean, it saved us, but I think it made it so that we could communicate, like it gave us tools to do that, like talking practical things that it did, it it helped us communicate, it helped us start to see the other person's perspective. I wouldn't say that after those six or eight months, however long we went, like we were suddenly seeing each other's perspective all the time because we still argued in a very similar fashion after we stopped going. But I think it at least showed us like, hey, this isn't going to work if you're not attempting to see from the other perspective. Yeah. You know? Mm -hmm. And then, I think, how many years do we go without therapy? Like not even solo, because that was in... I was before Sophia. So at least four, three or four years. Yeah. Five, maybe. Maybe five. Yeah. So 
I don't know. We were at our old house. Yeah, we were. So I let's say I would say like five years. Like I no started therapy. going last year, 2022. Yeah. I did. I don't know yeah. when you did. But. twenty This year, 2023. Yeah. So we didn't have any therapy. And not just therapy. We just didn't do anything to make anything better for ourselves yeah. or for our marriage or anything like that, yeah. I would say. And then you started solo therapy. Yep. Can you want to talk about that? I don't know if you want to go like super deep into it or just like why you started going and how well, does it go now? I mean, we've talked about why I started mm-hmm. going. Um, the issues with me catching me with porn or whatever, but no, I mean, a lot of people view therapy like they see on TV, like somebody laying on a couch and spilling their guts to somebody and they're sitting in a corner just writing things down saying, hmm, interesting. Oh, interesting. When never like offering any commentary mm-hmm. on the situation, more like just observing and saying, oh, that's interesting that you're a total freaking weirdo. And it's not like you're sitting there, oh, what'd you write down? Why did you write that down? Like what you see on TV, it's not like that at all. At least for me, I don't know if it, if it is for you, but um, like my therapist, he will let me talk and then he offers like a his perspective on things and like a neutral party perspective he is not saying oh i think jasmine is thinking this or i think your boss is thinking this or whatever the topic is at the time it's never this is what they're thinking deal with it it's more well here's a different way you could have dealt with that here's a better way and it's also very practical and like I don't know what the word is I'm the type of person that needs like a step-by-step instructions on fixing something and so you get like instructions to build something like your cabinets or whatever if I have those I can do it but without them I'm like I don't know what I'm doing you know what I mean and that's kind of what he gives me is tools for how to do things and how to approach life and approach different situations to avoid having a bigger problem dealing with anger or dealing with lust or porn or whatever you want to call it he has given me like different rule sets i guess on how to deal with it and practical ways to avoid those things and figure out what the underlying cause is Mm-hmm. what's triggering that like why are you looking at porn or why are you getting angry like one of the things for why people watch porn or whatever is because they feel lonely like i think you shared that mm-hmm. you felt like lonely and so it's not just dealing with the surface level emotion it's digging into that and figuring out what the underlying cause is yeah you might have been horny and that's why you did it but you were also feeling lonely and lonely is like the main reason not the horny. Like that was a secondary. Yeah. And like when you get angry and you do something, you break something. Yeah, you were mad at it. And so you took a swing at something or whatever. But like the underlying emotion is that you felt helpless or you felt like no control in the situation. So that's why you like the anger is the secondary emotion. Mm-hmm. So that's what he has helped me with is finding the the original reason why I'm doing things that I'm doing. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. 
And then, you know, because then I know you said, like, the re- the reason why you started was because of porn, but now you talk about everything yeah. else. Yeah, now it's not just that. It's it's almost not even that at all anymore. It's more, you know, our arguments or something that happened at work or something that happened just in general, like on the getting cut off on the highway or something, like yeah. like stuff like that. Like, it's not, it's like a lot different and instead of it just being him like writing stuff down that's interesting he like breaks it down this is how your brain works and this is like you have a a window of tolerance and you can make that bigger or smaller depending on the situation and depending on how intense the situation or how not intense it is it can determine how you react and what you're going to do and you can make your window of tolerance bigger over time so that you can deal with screaming kids the kids are screaming what do you do with that you start to get tunnel vision and you rage and you either walk away or you take it out on them one of the two things is most likely going to happen but there's a way to take a step back and realize oh I've had a really long week at work I've been really stressed out with deadlines and my boss is throwing 20 projects at me and not giving me any break in between them just constantly hammering you with stuff and none of your coworkers are doing anything to help or anything like that it's just like bam 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 and that's tightening your window of tolerance to the point where you get home and your kid just says dad I need you and you snap on them Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But sim- that's like a simple thing. Like they don't, there's no reason for you to snap, but you've had all this built up stuff over the course of several days. It's usually not just in one. I mean, it can be, but so you have to constantly like check in with yourself and say, and deal with that stress. Otherwise that stress is going to yeah eat you alive. So, yeah. Yeah. And then I want to talk, which is two totally different things. I feel like, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, like I feel like you had a great childhood. Uh, for the most part. I'm going to say not every, it's like perfect now. Every yeah. day has a perfect, like you had a pretty good childhood. Yeah, I mean, I wasn't Kevin from Home Alone, <laughs> but I also wasn't uh, the kid from Blank Check having all this money either, <laughs> somewhere in the middle. I wasn't getting left behind, but I also didn't have... We didn't have unlimited resources, yeah, you know. But overall, good parents. Yeah. I mean, quite the opposite of me is that I had a horrible childhood. Yeah. I don't, I, it, it took me actually just this year to say that, like recognize that. Like I love my parents, I do, and I appreciate everything that they have given me and what they've done for me. Like I wouldn't be the person I am today if it wasn't for them. Yeah. And... I also had a horrible childhood. Yeah. (laughs) And like those two things can be true. And it took me a long time. I'm 37 years old and it took me a long time to recognize that. Um, And so like I recognize there's a lot of things in my childhood that were not normal. There was a lot of um, physical and verbal abuse from my side. For like the longest, I felt like you could just pray it off, I guess. And I do believe, like, God has helped me a lot throughout the years. Obviously, like, there was, like, an extreme, like, hatred towards my dad for a very, very long time when I was young. Like, really bad. 
And then if it wasn't for God and God's word, I would have never been able to forgive the things that he did. And I appreciated that. Like, I feel like God like really restored a lot of love for my dad because of that. But that doesn't mean that I developed these habits or wrong things based on how I was raised. And so I feel like therapy is what helped me with that. Yeah, I mean, therapy, I did, we did go into my childhood from the beginning. That was kind of where it started. Talking about my home, my my home I grew up in and all that stuff, family of origin or whatever they call it. I don't know. But so, you know, I experienced those same kind of things in therapy too. But yeah. Yeah. And so I feel like I can talk about that a little bit more freely because I don't even think I ever told you anything until this year. You, I <laughs> more mean, detailed. Yeah, yeah. You never gave me many details. You, I mean, you always told me, oh, my parents were, we were poor. Well, we were poor, poor. Like, <laughs> you know, like... And I'm like, yeah, I get it. You were poor, poor. <laughs> like, we, if you had gone to Trinity, we would have been friends because we would have been the same amount of poor. Like, I get it. Like, it would have not been the same amount of poor. <laughs> <laughs> We've had this argument before. If you went to private school, you were not poor. <laughs> there were people that were getting funded to go there, too. So Okay. No, but anyways, I, I kind of just, for me, the way I see it, it what, the way I used to see it was, okay, yeah, I had a horrible childhood, but I forgave, so there's nothing wrong with me. Yeah. And then, but obviously, there were some things I still needed to fix because it was affecting my marriage and my kids. And so I think one example, I would say, and like we were like laughing about it, but not laughing about it, like my last therapy session, Bert's personality is more of all the same. You like everything the same. Like, you eat the same breakfast every day, yep. and you could probably eat the same lunch every day if you could. I used to. Yeah. <laughs> At the hotel, I did. Oh, yeah. And, like, you like routine. You like everything to be, like, in order, and if anything changes out of your routine, it's like all hell breaks loose, basically. Not as much. I feel like you go a little bit more with the flow more now. It's but not OCD, but it is, it is in that, it trends in that direction, I would say. Yeah, yeah. And... I'm like, I correct how you put the stuff in the dishwasher. Yeah. I do. Because apparently I do it the wrong way. <laughs> you do, but it's okay. It's all fixable. But anyways, so there's that. And then, like, uh, in me, I don't like routine. I don't like, I can't eat the same thing every day. No. I'm just not that person. I'm not, like. Yeah, you do something different every friggin' day. Yeah. And Except watch your teen drama on Netflix. <laughs> oh my lord! I teen. I love anything romantic comedy or teen <laughs> drama. <laughs> Bored. <laughs> anyway, so, and I'm the opposite. I don't like anything routine. I need to change it up. I feel like I'm trapped, and there's something wrong with my life if I do the same thing every single day. <laughs> we can't ever go to the same place for vacation either then. yeah <laughs> except universal you let me go there twice yeah and then you got mad when i went for work but yeah so like my last therapy session i was talking to him about how like opposite we were and how you like everything the same and i like everything different and all this other stuff and one thing that made me realize when he said this he just said it and i'm just like oh my gosh i like i'm a horrible person not a horrible person but 
he basically was saying so you're based on the way you describe your childhood your every day was being on survival mode you weren't sure how your dad was going to come home you had to like read his mood and you had to figure out like how the day was going to be like based on his mood was he going to be angry or what or what can you do to not make him mad mad or whatever and you were always on survival mode always trying to figure out your your parents always fend you off for yourself and all these things so you're always on survival mode and like everything was so tense all the time that was your normal so he's so obviously you don't like normalcy because normalcy brings yeah like survival mode and he was like based on what you told me about your husband that he had a great childhood and so his safe area is normal because his parents were you had a loving environment and everything yeah. and so he so what he said is like why would you want to like when you ask him to do something different you're taking him out of his safe zone <laughs> because his normal he had such a normal great loving life why would he want to get out of that nobody wants to get out of that and so it just made me realize that like my like not wanting to do the same thing every day comes from like a negative not negative but like yeah. i understand it more and he was like do you know you're basically asking your husband to be on survival mode <laughs> when you ask him to do something different and so he's like you guys both have to like figure out something in the middle honestly i i felt and i know my therapist wasn't this wasn't his intention intention or whatever it wasn't his intention wasn't to make me feel guilty but it made me feel like oh my gosh like i can't believe i've been asking bert to do things that like are not just out of his comfort zone but like basically like that survival mode instinct <laughs> on a daily basis you know? and so um now that we do things different something that um is out of a routine i really have a new appreciation for it for bert and i think that's how therapy helps me is yeah. see how what you things that you want is not crazy it's yeah. good that you yeah. want those things <laughs> well and that has also helped me we haven't talked about it in my therapy sessions but <laughs> seeing that chaos is what is your safe space i guess you could say Mm -hmm. has allowed me to understand and try and have a better attitude when we do the things that you want to do go drive 45 minutes away to go see santa and have our kids (laughs) hate it or go to a tree lighting when it's 20 degrees outside and we're freezing outside and the kids are miserable like but, but you, they loved it at the end. But yeah, but then I want to keep, I want to stay, I want to stay. Like, and it's like, you've been crying the whole time, but that's your kind of chaos. Yeah. Or like, like you want to go do, go to different restaurants all the time. I, like you said, I could go to the same restaurant and get the same thing every time, mm-hmm. you know, and I could go to city barbecue every time we had a date night yeah. and get and, the t- smoked turkey, <laughs> Texas toast with cheese and never change and not yeah. need to change and that's just how i am yeah. but you are like we need to go to city barbecue and then we need to go to <laughs> need to go to kitchen 67 and we need to go to yeah social misfits and the social house and all these different places yeah because you don't understand normal <laughs> like the traditional normal yeah. of going to the like doing yeah. the same thing over and over again you're not the truman show yeah you know what i mean like 
You're the opposite of that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and but now I have a new appreciation of why you want yeah the normalcy. You know, yeah, because for you that brings comfort. That brings like feelings of like every day. That's how yeah. your parents showed love for you. You know, and so um, like having a home cooked meal most nights. I wouldn't say every night, but yeah, yeah. So it's just like little things like that help me realize that like a good perspective and even profound like love for you like why you do certain things because i think before it would frustrate me now it's more yeah oh okay i get it yeah so well and i think i i i I know i told you this because i always do but um like michael jr always talks about the phrase life will bring you people and circumstances to reveal where you're not free yet. Mm-hmm. And like when you were telling me all this stuff about like your therapist, about how I'm like, that's my safe space or whatever. I was like, that is like, I know we're different, but I didn't realize that we were different in ways where like we needed freedom. Mm. You know what I mean? I like that. And like, <laughs> And so you're telling me this and I'm like, man, Michael Jr. really knows what he's talking about. <laughs> this whole life will bring you people and circumstances to reveal where you're not free yet. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I think it's also like a God thing too. Mm-hmm. I think you could replace life with God and say God will bring you people and circumstances to reveal reveal where you're not free yet. Mm-hmm. When you're not feeling comfortable just sitting on the couch and watching TV every night or whatever, that's too safe for you Mm. you need to watch tv one night and then go to a restaurant the next night and then go to the movies the next night and then go to craig's cruisers or go bowling or something you need something different every night of the week and me it's like we could sit on the couch and watch the avengers seven nights (laughs) a week and i wouldn't care and so it's what's ironic that you lived in the chaos and i didn't Mm mm-hmm and it's giving us the freedom, being married to each other is giving us the freedom to, for you, learn to sit and do nothing and do the same thing over and over again. And it's stretching me to do things differently mm-hmm. when I don't want to. Yeah. Because I, I did have that routine of watching, doing yeah. the same thing every night. Yeah. Like, yeah, you might watch something different on TV, but the same core thing was happening. Yeah. Like, like how my family goes out to breakfast on Saturdays. Yeah. We used to go every Saturday. Yeah. We don't anymore because everybody's too busy now, but that was like a thing. We would go mm-hmm. every Saturday. Yeah. And I would order the same thing every time. <laughs> <laughs> Still do. Yeah. So I feel with God in therapy, I think there's just a lot of, for me, there's growth and I like that. Well, um, I think it's led to growth, freedom understanding a perspective shift for both of us to where instead of it being my way or the highway it's huh why are they thinking that way Mm -hmm. and why like why is that bothering me that's another thing from michael jr is when something happens to you look inward first and figure out why that's bothering you what is what could that be from is that from your childhood like my mom yelled at me one day and Jasmine's yelling at me and she sounds just like my mom when I was a kid. Mm -hmm. And that's what's why that's triggering me because it was, it makes me feel like she's going to leave or something like, like that, like doing that 
inward look on yourself to see like why something is bothering you because you not cleaning the kitchen mm-hmm. shouldn't be a triggering thing. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But I had an example of there was a woman that he had on there and she was, she hated to clean when she never knew why, like her husband wanted to clean house and she never knew like why it bothered her, but he wanted her to clean. She hated it and all this other stuff. Well, she like dug into it and it turns out like her dad yelled at her and smacked her in the back of the head or whatever. So that's why she doesn't like cleaning because she didn't do it right or something. Mm-hmm. You know? So like he, w- he like asked her to feel like where she had pain, like when he brought that up and she said like in my, in the back of my head or it wasn't specifically that, but for this example, say you had pain in the back of your head. Mm-hmm. God, why do I have pain in the back of my head? And then God would take you back to your childhood and say, your dad smacked, mm-hmm. smacked you upside the head when you didn't clean the dishes. And that's why you have this trauma or this issue with something mm-hmm. is something from your childhood. And it's, yeah. and it's not that it's unreasonable that I would want a clean house or something. You take it as it being unreasonable, but then once you deal with that, you can say, okay, he's not being unreasonable. He's not going to treat me like my dad did. Yeah. And then you can get freedom from that and move on and, yeah, you know, be a better person type of yeah. thing. So, yeah, I, I think that's what therapy has showed us. You yeah. Know, like. And continues to. Yeah. And continues to in different areas. Like yeah. you didn't have that perspective until what last week. Yeah. You know, you, I think up until last week, you hated that we sat on the couch all the time. And yeah. Now, and I still don't like it. Um, but you at you. But I like for me is more like, okay, I understand why and how can I figure out how to enjoy it with you? And then vice versa, how you can enjoy it when I want to do like certain outing. Yeah. And I think we balance each other out versus me having all this resentment of doing something every single day. Yeah. I don't have that resentment anymore. It's more, okay, cool. This is, we're just going to chill today. That's totally fine. But then I can freely say, hey, can we do this? And you'll be like, yeah, let's do it. Because yeah. we did, I take in consideration of what you want. Yeah. Plus you take in consideration of what I want. Yeah, and I think for me personally, I have to remind myself because it's not something I would want to do. Mm-hmm. But I have to constantly remind myself, have a good attitude. She had a good attitude when mm-hmm. she did what you wanted to do. Like you need to reciprocate that and have the same mm-hmm. similar type of attitude towards what she wants to do like, yeah like when we went to that tree lighting thing i did not want to go i knew it was going to be cold and yeah all and that stuff and i was constantly reminding myself do not complain about this yeah yeah and in the past as well like when i wanted to do something you'd be like Ugh. or roll your eyes or something or yeah, and I would complain d- during it or yeah whatever. and to me it was like that showed me honestly that it was disrespectful and took away the fun of it like I didn't want to do things with you and talk about like driving your marriage apart just a, a small little sigh or a small little like eye rolling literally changes everything yeah and so my mindset became let the kids ruin this for her not me <laughs> like honestly though like i i was like you are not going to ruin this for her if anybody's going to it's going to be your kids like yeah and the thing is i would do it again but you know what that was my mindset was i'm not going to allow myself to be the reason why she has a bad memory 
from this. Yeah. Let that be the kids. <laughs> Let us be able to unite against in that moment yeah. that they ruined it, not one of us. <laughs> yeah. Right? Because like you say before, it was like, and I, again, think we just didn't have freedom in this area, which is so interesting. You mm-hmm. know? Like, I hated doing those things. I still mm-hmm. don't like doing them, but mm-hmm. I know it's important to you, so I'm trying to have a better attitude towards it. And I'm not, like, looking for recognition from you for it, but that is what I'm trying to do is have a better attitude so that, again, I'm not the reason you have a horrible time mm-hmm. because how many times have I ruined it? Yeah. Before that, I would venture to guess that much like you never losing an argument, I probably never allowed you to enjoy anything that yeah. you wanted to do. And it's true. And it's sad. Yeah. That it was like that. Yeah. But you forgive <laughs> and you also move on from it. And it's easy to move on when the other person like recognizes that, okay, let's, I did that. Let me change yeah. my attitude. Like when there's genuine change. It's a lot easier to move on from yeah. that. And then I would say for you, like I would, if you can't change, if you can't afford therapy, what would you recommend? <clears throat> like I said, if you have insurance through your job, there is like a one eight hundred number for them for you to call, and they have five free sessions or something. I think yeah. that you can do. And you'll be surprised how much your insurance covers because I was surprised that they actually covered it. Yeah. So. And not every therapist accepts insurance. Like, mine doesn't. Yeah, yours is expensive. Because he doesn't accept, <laughs> accept insurance. And mine does. But, and there's nothing wrong with that. I, yeah. I think he's worth it. But he has, he has also told me that if it were to be too expensive, that he would work with me to yeah. lower the cost so that, it wouldn't, so that I could get it. Because I will say most therapists, I won't say all, but I would venture to guess that most care more about you and your well-being mm-hmm. than they do about getting more money like they're gonna have their set rates when if you can afford it pay them mm-hmm. like don't be cheap yeah like we can we can afford it you know what mm-hmm. i mean yeah it made things a little tighter but we still worry we can we can afford it type yeah. of thing but there is that there is a phone number on, a, on an insurance card mm-hmm. and it's not well seen nor is it well known because Nobody talks about it. Not only do they not talk about it at church, but they don't talk about it at your job. I know how, how awkward would be off. to talk about it at work. I know, but they do briefly mention it like, hey, we do offer this, but unless you're reading through your whole insurance packet, you're probably not going to find yeah. it you know, yeah. or know it, but yeah, it is there. I would say that don't go to somebody from church, like a pastor or whatever, with real problems like that. You need like real help yeah like you need a therapist like Like i think a pastor can help you with some things yeah i feel like pastors can help you with certain things but if it's just like real trauma i'm gonna say like verbal or physical abuse or sexual abuse or something like really high like that i do think you need professional help yeah yeah if you're even i think there's certain pastors some pastors do help you with like marriage and stuff like that i do think that especially one that's been married for like 20 plus years they're gonna have some wisdom in there but i think like that's not like their that's not their job either yeah like that's not their specific calling of what they're the what they specialize in yeah yeah that's why i say that yeah yeah I would say if you can't like afford it or you're too scared to like even start it because 
that's valid too it took me forever to even like look for a therapist because i just it's not my favorite thing like to do i would say there's a lot of good books out there that you can literally just look on communication or like marriage jimmy evans stuff you can look for books that is going to help you and there's also like tons of podcasts that you can listen to if you're not like somebody that likes to read there's tons of podcasts you can listen to that will help you realize like all these things so i just think there's just a lot of material out there like in 2023 where i think you can have certain things that will help you like having a good community having podcasts having even like certain sermons stuff like that i think they do help you out and i all think i think all of those are important if you can't make it to there because it does take time too so yeah well and i think again a good therapist will work with your schedule like my therapist has a day has one day a week where he's there till nine or ten o'clock at night yeah you know what i mean obviously those appointments are going to be limited but at the same time like they the good ones make time yeah and they do care like, yeah you know because some of them are just in it for a paycheck some of them are most yeah. of them, i would guess that most of them aren't though yeah know, but, yeah um yeah i would say that like with therapy in general though like i felt like he genuinely does listen and genuinely cares like, yeah and it's judgment free like i can genuinely feel like judgment free like I don't feel like him saying, oh, like you're a horrible person. <laughs> Obviously, he can't talk about it mm-hmm. with other people because of like it's the law. HIPAA or yeah. whatever. But when he, he even recommends that you don't talk about if I were to see him in public, like I shouldn't go up to him and talk to him mm-hmm. because it's like a professional relationship and we're not really friends. Like I, I think like they do care about you, but you're they're not your friend, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah. Because you put them in a position of when they're, if you see them with their family and they, you go, Hey, how are you doing? And they go, then you walk away and then their kids are like, how do you know him? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. cause what's the first question you would ask yeah. me? You know what I mean? Yeah. How do you know them? Yeah. Oh, that's my therapist. Or obviously you know who mine is cause you've seen him before, but yeah. so they're not your friend, but they are. So I would say that's like a big thing with it too. Like, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I just wanted to get rid of the stigma of therapy because I do think they're helpful and I do think that um, people should do it, especially now. Yeah, Um, I think it's, well, I think, I don't know what caused the shift. I don't know, like, why it's become such a big thing in the last couple of years. I think it's COVID. Yeah, I think that's probably been the big thing that triggered it for a lot of people, but... Because it's not like therapists aren't new. Mm-hmm. They've been around. Yeah. I think that, at least for us, it's been eye-opening because it helped us personally. Nobody we knew ever talked about it. My parents didn't talk yeah. about it. Your parents didn't talk about it. Like, no, Yeah, you're right about that. I don't think... I wouldn't know any friends that go to therapy. I know some family members that do, but we're close like that to talk about it like yeah. that. But I don't know anybody else outside of that. And I... Yeah. It might be a lot more common than I think that it is. I have no idea. Yeah, I don't so, know. Yeah. When, like, when I'm the office that I go to, like, there's kids that are going, little kids, eight, ten years old at, at most, yeah. that are in there. And, like, I think that's really a good thing because it's helping them work through 
stuff that they're dealing with, even with their parents growing up. Yeah. And course correcting before they're in their 30s and yeah, I yeah. get married not knowing what their issues are. You know what I mean? No, I know what you're saying. because like We got married in our 20s and we didn't, I didn't realize I had any issues. Like, and then all of a sudden, like, we have all these arguments and issues and yeah, we can't figure out why, you know, yeah. dating was so great, had no issues then. And then all of a sudden we're married and it's like, you're not who I was dating yeah like you're a different person yeah like yeah so yeah like therapy is going to help you deal with your crap yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah so i think that's about it right yeah i would just say go if you can yeah like, m- make it a priority because you'll see the you'll see the benefits i don't know how quickly you'll see benefits i think we saw them right away when we started going solo mm-hmm and like you said before, don't be afraid to fire your therapist if it's not working. If you don't feel mm-hmm. like it's working out between you, don't yeah, don't force it. Yeah, find a better one. Yeah, and you know? don't be afraid to start because I think I dragged my feet for six yeah months. A you year. dragged your feet for way too long. Yeah, I did. I'm like over here getting all this freedom and trying to drag you along with me, and you're like. Yeah, but you haven't really changed. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> okay. Because <laughs> hurt people hurt people. <laughs> exactly. So I would suggest that if if you're married and you are, or if you're dating even, and one of you goes to therapy, I would strongly suggest that the other goes to therapy so that you guys can feel the growth together. Well, I hope you guys like this episode. We're ready to go. I so hope you had a good Christmas. Uh-huh. Hopefully you have a good new year uh-huh. and we'll see you next time with another episode of Not So Sugar Code with Bert and Jasmine. Bye. Bye.